eternal, righteous, and invisible Father in heaven. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the opportunity to have a time of fellowship with you. Lord, may these moments be filled with blessings to our soul. Your word has promised us that if we hunger and thirst after righteousness, that we shall be filled. Please, Lord, fill our empty souls now. We need strength to go through our journey for today and that we may come into the fullness of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we know that it is only your word that can do that for us. Therefore, Lord, I pray that you would grant to us the grace of your Holy Spirit and that you will put your words in my mouth, that these words may be spirit and life to your children, building us up into the most holy faith. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. And the king said, Thou shalt surely die, Ahimelech, thou and all thy father's house. 1 Samuel 22, verse 16. Men cannot depart from the counsel of God and still retain that calmness and wisdom which will enable them to act with justice and discretion. There is no insanity so dreadful so hopeless as that of following human wisdom unguided by the wisdom of God. Saul had been preparing to ensnare and capture David in the cave of Adullam, and when it was discovered that David had left this place of refuge, the king was greatly enraged. The flight of David was a mystery to Saul. He could account for it only by the belief that there had been traitors in his camp who had informed the son of Jesse of his proximity and design. He affirmed to his counselors that a conspiracy had been formed against him, and with the offer of rich gifts and positions of honor, he bribed them to reveal who among the people had befriended David. Doeg the Edomite turned informer. Moved by ambition and avarice, and by hatred of the priest who had reproved his sins, Doeg reported David's visit to Ahimelech, representing the matter in such a light as to kindle Saul's anger against the man of God. The words of that mischievous tongue set on fire of hell stirred up the worst passions in Saul's heart. Maddened with rage, he declared that the whole family of the priest should perish and the terrible decree was executed. Not only Ahimelech, but the members of his father's house were slain at the king's command by the murderous hand of Doeg. This is what Saul could do under the control of Satan. When God had said that the iniquity of the Amalekites was full and had commanded him to destroy them utterly, he thought himself too compassionate to execute the divine sentence and he spared that which was devoted to destruction. But now, without a command from God, under the guidance of Satan, 
he could slay the priests of the Lord and bring ruin upon the inhabitants of Nob. Such is the perversity of the human heart that has refused the guidance of God. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Result of Insanity. And what a sad story we have here. We left off yesterday with David going to the cave of Adullam to spend some time there. Before David went to the cave of Adullam, we read in 1 Samuel 21 how that he went to a certain Ahimelech and he did not tell Ahimelech the truth. But nevertheless, that was not the issue here. Ahimelech taught that David was on, the, on King Saul's errand. Reading 1 Samuel chapter 21, from verse 3, it says, Now therefore, what is under thine hand? Give me five loaves of bread. That's David talking now. In mine hand, or what there is present. And the priest, that's Ahimelech, answered David and said, There is no common bread under my hand, but there is hallowed bread. If the young men have kept themselves at least from women. And David answered the priest and said unto him, Of a truth, women have been kept from us about these three days since I came out. And the vessels of the young men are holy, and the bread is in a manner common, yea, though it were sanctified this day in the vessel. So the priest gave him hallowed bread, for there was no bread there but the shoe bread that was taken from, the, from before the Lord to put hot bread in the day when it was taken away. Now, a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day detained before the Lord, and his name was Doek, and an Edomite, the chiefest of the herdmen that belonged to Saul. And David said unto Ahimelech, And is there not here under thine hand spear or sword? For I have neither brought my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business required haste. And the priest said, the sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom thou slewest in the valley of Elah, behold, it is here wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If thou wilt take that, take it, for there is no other save that there. And David said, There is none like that. Give it to me. And in fact, if you keep reading, you will see how Ahimelech had praised David as the servant of King Saul, and he thought he was even supporting King Saul's business. It was this event that led to King Saul later hearing about this uh, Ahimelech giving David a sword. But before that, you know that David went to the, um, the Ad- Adulam, and when he was in Adulam, his brothers came there to meet him, and so many others came there to meet him, 400 men, and they claved to David. Now, it says there that in, it says there in 1 Samuel chapter 22 from verse 5, while David was in Adulam, it says, And the prophet Gad said unto David, Abide not in the holds, depart, and get thee into the land of Judah. Then David departed and came into the forest of Haret. Now, God didn't tell David why he should run away, but he was a prophet of the Lord and he told David, Don't stay here, go to Judah. And David went. When Saul heard that David was discovered and the men that were with him, now Saul abode in Gibeah under a tree in Ramah, having his spear in his hand, and all his servants were standing about him. Then Saul said unto his servants that stood about him, Hear now, you Benjamites, will the son of Jesse give every one of you fields and vineyards, and make you all captains of thousands and captains of hundreds, that all of you have conspired against me, and there is none that showed me that my son had made a league with the son of Jesse, and there is none of you that is sorry for me, or showed unto me that my son had stirred up my servant against me to lie in wait as, as at this day. Then answered Doeg the Edomite, which was set over the servants of Saul, and said, I saw the son of Jesse coming to Nob, 
to Ahimelech the son of Ahitob, and he inquired of the Lord for him, and gave him victuals, and gave him the sword of Goliath the Philistine. Then the king sent to call Ahimelech the priest, the son of Ahitob, and all his father's house, the priests that were in Nob, and they came all of them to the king. And Saul said, Hear now, thou son of Ahitob. And he answered, Here am I, my lord. And Saul said unto him, Why have you conspired against me, thou and the son of Jesse, in that thou hast given him bread and a sword, and hast inquired of God for him, that he should rise against me to lie in wait as at this day? Then Ahimelech answered the king, and said, And who is so faithful among all thy servants as David, which is the king's son-in-law? and goeth at thy bidding, and is honourable in thy house. Did I then begin to inquire of God for him? Be it far from me. Let not the king impute anything unto his servant, nor to all the house of my father. For thy servant knew nothing of all this, less of more, less or more. And the king said, Thou shalt surely die, Ahimelech, thou and all thy father's house. And the king said unto the footmen that stood about him, Turn and slay the priest of the Lord because their hand also is with David, and because they knew when he fled and did not show it unto me. But the servants of the king would not put forth their hand to fall upon the priest of the Lord. And the king said to Doeg, Turn thou, and fall upon the priests. And Doeg the Edomite turned, and he fell upon the priests, and slew on that day fourscore and five persons that did wear a linen effort. And Nob the city of the priests smote he with the edge of the sword, both men and women, children and sucklings, and oxen and asses and sheep with the edge of the sword. And one of the sons of Ahimelech, the son of Ahitob, named Abiathar, escaped and fled after David. And Abiathar showed David that Saul had slain the Lord's priests. And David said unto Abiathar, I knew it that day when Dueg the Edomite was there that he would surely tell Saul, I have occasioned the death of all the persons of thy father's house. Abide thou with me, fear not, for he that seeketh my life, seeketh thy life. But with me thou shalt be in safeguard. What a very sad story, but we have a lot of lessons to learn from here, so let's get straight into it and learn the lessons from this sad story. You see, persecution served to bring more sympathizers to David's side. Now the priesthood was on his side on this matter. Saul in his persecution of David was creating more enemies for himself by misrepresenting and misconstruing the innocent acts of others to the point of even killing anyone suspected to be on David's side. He could even use the words, the priest of the Lord, while slaying them. He didn't slay them for being the priest of the devil. He said, slay here the priest of the Lord because they are in support of David. He knew they were the priests of the Lord, but he did not care as far as they were not on his side. Saul's own words were not who is on the Lord's side. His own is who is on my side and whoever is not on my side, even if you are on the Lord's side, David's side, it doesn't matter as far as you are not on my side, I will destroy. We may look at Saul and feel that this man was so terrible and we cannot be like him. But we will talk about that, how we display this same character of Saul. You see, these priests were innocent. They thought that they were helping Saul when they helped David. They said that David is your son-in-law. Apart from that, he is your greatest captain. So they never suspected that there could be any discord between Saul and David. 
and for that reason they gave David bread and they gave him the sword of Goliath. But somebody had whispered to, to Saul that David had received that sword and what not just received it but was lying in wait whereas David was not lying in wait because to lie in wait means that David was hiding somewhere waiting for King Saul so that when he sees King Saul he will kill him. That is what lying in wait means and this was what David was accused of doing. The priest did not see David and Saul as separate people to them. David's glory was Saul's glory but Saul didn't see it this way. Blessed are you when you can see the victory of others as yours and when you can rejoice with them as though it were you who were victorious. Angels in heaven rejoice at our victories as though they were the ones who were victorious and they will join in singing the song of Moses and of the Lamb because they can share in our victories. But the envious man cannot do this. Son had gone mad with envy, jealousy and hatred which was now revealed in his addiction to kill David. We need to learn the lesson of rejoicing with those who rejoice. As for Doeg the Edomite, we read in Conflict and Courage, page 167, paragraph 4, it says, Doeg the Edomite turned informer. Moved by ambition and avarice and by hatred of the priests who had reproved his sins. Remember, we read in the Bible that he was detained by the priests because he was reproved by them. Doeg reported David's visit to Ahimelech, representing the matter in such a light as to kindle Saul's anger against the man of God. The words of that mischievous tongue set on fire of hell stirred up the worst passions in Saul's heart. I'll stop there. End of quote. I'll stop there. There are times when we do the same thing. We spread information about one person to another when we know very well that these two people are not in good terms. Is that Christ-like? I read from Councils for the Church, page 174, paragraph 1 and 2, it says, Christians should be careful in regard to their words. They should never carry unfavorable reports from one of their friends to another, especially if they are aware that there is a lack of union between them. Let me stop. Analyze these words. Two reasons why we should not carry unfavorable reports. One reason is because they are friends. Like here it says, unfavorable reports from one of their friends to another. People are in good terms. And then you just go and give an information to the other person. Do like Doeg and put it in the light to make the other person have hatred for another. What is more devilish than that, my sister and my brother? Have you done this before? It needs to be repented of. When you see yourself taking information to a one person about another, when these people are in good terms, what do you want? You want to destroy them? You want to divide them? Why then are you giving that information when it's not going to help the other person but to divide them? It is out of hatred or envy that you will do that. In the case of Doeg, because he was reproved, and in many people's cases, it's the same thing. When you see that you have been reproved of your sins by someone, then you want to cause a pain on that person. It's a form of vengeance. When, then you go to spread bad information, whispering here and there to the friends of the person who, who corrected you. And because of that, you want to put them at enmity with other of their friends. And you paint things in a light to be negative. Oh my, whose work are you doing? It is Satan's work. Reading from Councils for the Church as we were doing, page 174, paragraph 1, it says, It is cruel to hint and insinuate 
as though you knew a great deal in regard to this friend or that acquaintance of which others are ignorant. Such hints go further and create more unfavorable impressions than to frankly relate the facts in an unexaggerated manner. What harm has not the Church of Christ suffered from these things? The inconsistent, unguarded course of her members has made her weak as water. Confidence has been betrayed by members of the same church, and yet the guilty did not design to do mischief. Lack of wisdom in the selection of subjects of conversation has done much harm. The conversation should be upon spiritual and divine themes, but it has been otherwise. If the association with Christian friends is chiefly devoted to the improvement of the mind and heart, there will be no after-regrets and they can look back on the interview with a pleasant satisfaction. But if the hours are spent in levity and vain talking, and the precious time is employed in dissecting the lives and character of others, the friendly intercourse will prove a source of evil and your influence will be a savour of death unto death." End of quote. So there is a sister or there is a brother and you just are casual in your discussion with another person. You don't mean harm. But the subject that you select for your discussion is the, is the life of another brother or another sister. And you dissect the person's life to the point that the person has no good in his life anymore. You speak evil of the person. You say all kinds of things that you sow in the mind of others to make the person to lose their dignity in the eyes of those whom you are speaking to. This is satanic. Even though the person, like we read now, may not have had such intention in mind. And others do have that intention. And one of the reasons is like that of Doeg. Because they want to make the other person look as bad as themselves. And they want to cause them harm. It is just a kind of revenge, like I said. Continuing the reading, it says, What a world of gossip would be prevented if every man would remember that those who tell him the faults of others will as freely publish his faults at a favorable opportunity. We should endeavor to think well of all men, especially our brethren, until compelled to think otherwise. We should not hastily credit evil reports. These are often the result of envy or misunderstanding, or they may proceed from exaggeration or a partial disclosure of facts. Jealousy and suspicion, once allowed a place, will sow themselves broadcast like thistle down. Should a brother go astray, then is the time to show your real interest in him. Go to him kindly, pray with and for him, remembering the infinite price which Christ has paid for his redemption. In this way, you may save a soul from death and hide a multitude of sins. A glance, a word, even an intonation of the voice may be vital with falsehood sinking like a barbed arrow in, into some heart, inflicting an incurable wound. Thus a doubt, a reproach may be cast upon one by whom God would accomplish a good work, and his influence is blighted, his usefulness destroyed. Among some species of animals, if one of their number is wounded and falls, he is at once set upon and torn in pieces by his fellows. The same cruel spirit is indulged by men and women who bear the name of Christians. They manifest a pharisaical zeal to stone others less guilty than themselves. There are some who point to others' faults and failures to divert attention from their own 
or to gain credit for great zeal for God and the church. The time spent in criticizing the motives and works of Christ's servants might better be spent in prayer. Now take note, it is talking about God's servants here. David was God's servant and they were taking time to dissect his character. And the Lord is advising us today, that time that you are spending dissecting and criticizing the works of Christ's servants might be better spent in prayer. Often, if those who find fault knew the truth in regard to those with whom they find fault, they would have an altogether different opinion of them. How much better it would be if, instead of criticizing and condemning others, everyone would say, I must work out my own salvation. If I cooperate with him who desires to save, save my soul, I must watch myself diligently. I must cut away every evil from my life. I must become a new creature in Christ. I must overcome every fault. Then, instead of weakening those who are striving against evil, I can strengthen them by encouraging words." End of quote. From these words I have just read, there is a lot to learn. You may see a brother or a sister doing wrong. Is that reason for you to go around and broadcast it like Tissledown? You are not excused. You may see someone who corrected you. And because the person corrected you, you are not happy with the correction. And then, in revenge, you now go to dissect the person's life to find fault so that you can inflict an injury on the person. All the while, your heart may not even know what you are doing. You don't even know what you are about. But secretly, you are allowing yourself to continue in that direction. And you start to watch from the person's life, looking for a fault, waiting to find it. And when you do find it, you go around speaking it to the person's friends and to those who the person has an influence over them to make the person not to have that influence it is envy that is causing that you want to spoil the person's influence like it was for the priest they suffered because doeg spoils their influence in the mind of saul he presented matters in a bad light it is true that the priest Ahimelech gave david bread and the sword but he did it for a different reason than that which doeg had represented because of this, Saul was maddened and many of us do the same thing. Because of the reports that we give to someone else, you can cause them to be mad against their friends. Husbands have been mad against their wives and wives against their husbands because of this whisperer who spreads news as though it was necessary for them to do it, but they were intending to cause a trouble in the family or among friends. The Bible says in Proverbs 6 from verse 16 to 19, These sixteens doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, and hearts that devised wicked imaginations, feet that be swift to run into mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. In all these seven things mentioned here, Doeg was guilty of six of them, like at least I, as far as I can see. I cannot see him to know whether he had a proud look, but as for the other six things here, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, he was the one that killed the priest all by himself when others rejected to do that. Hearts that devised wicked imaginations. It was a wicked imagination in his mind that made him to sow that seed of discord in the heart of King Saul. Feet that be sweet, swift in running to mischief. All he did was mischief in that place. False witness indeed. As a fifth one, he spoke lies and then he sowed discord between Saul and the priests. Do you see that in these abominations? We don't hear anything about lesbianism, gay, adultery, fornication. There are many people who can say of themselves, I am a virgin. 
I have never slept with any woman before or with any man. I don't watch pornography. But do you know that the Lord can be offended with you? And there are people, like I have said now, who are not guilty of that, but they are guilty of greater abominations, but no one will condemn it. Nobody in our own minds, we look at these other grosser, in our minds, grosser sins of fornication and all of that as the gross sins. But look at what the Lord says as abomination to him. Seven of them, it has to do with gossiping, sowing discord among brethren, false witness speaking lies, imagining things that will cause problem between people devising wicked imaginations and doing mischief be careful how you hear that's what we are learning from here Saul was quick to credit a bad information about the priests so it is not just Doeg who was guilty even Saul shouldn't have credited that information quickly like one of the things we learned said we should not be quick to hear and credit evil reports about people we should not hastily credit evil reports these evil reports are often the result of envy. When people are bringing evil reports to you, ask yourself, is it possible that this person is just envious or he misunderstood or she misunderstood? Or they are just exaggerating what has been said or they are partially disclosing the facts because sometimes this is the reason and other reasons can be jealousy and suspicion. And once we allow that, it will sow themselves broadcast like thistle down. This is not what we should be doing. Be careful how you hear. Be careful how you credit everything you hear. Be careful what you say, for the Lord will not hold you guiltless for the things you say. There are children that I have known to spread lies so that they will get another person into trouble. And others who have hastily credited the information has been put to shame when the truth was found out. I remember walking among children in a boarding, boarding house, boarding facility, and there, there's always one case or the other of people spreading lies. I remember one case of a girl who went to tell another clique, told this clique that these other clique here, they are speaking about you people, they are planning on how they are going to set you up. Then that clique said, oh, thank you very much for telling us this. Now I want you to go and be monitoring them anytime they are speaking. Then come and give us information. And the girl will go. And whenever the other people are discussing, she will go there and then get information and come to tell the other girl, this is what they are saying. This is the next plan they want to have. And they brought the report to me. And I went to inquire, what is going on here? And the other click, they said, we know nothing absolutely of what you are talking about. And then I decided to bring all of them together. Now, who is the person spreading this information? Oh, you young lady. Okay. You said these people said that. Is it true? And she said, no, it is not true. And the other click were shocked. They had been fed with lies to the point that they had reported it to the school authorities. And that's how it came to my notice to the point that they were almost going to punish the other people. But it was just because one other girl was spreading lies. And I asked, why were you spreading lies? She said, because one day the other girl shouted at me. So I said I was going to do her evil. And then I said I would cause her to get into trouble. Do you know that it's not everything you hear that is true? This girl planned this mischief just to get another person into trouble and the other people quickly believed everything that's children but how about adults do we do the same thing you see our tongue our tongue can get us into trouble reading from the book of james chapter 3 reading from verse 2 it says for we all go wrong in a number of things if any man never makes a sleep in his talk then he is a complete man unable to keep all his body in control now if we put bits of iron into horses mouths 
so that they may be guided by us. We have complete control of their bodies. And again, sheep, though they are so great and are moved by violent winds, are turned by a very small guiding blade at the same impulse of the man who is using it. Even so, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it takes credit for great things. How much wood may be lighted by a very little fire? And the tongue is a fire. It is the power of evil placed in our bodies, making all the body unclean, putting the wheel of life on fire and getting its fire from hell. For every sort of beast and bird and every living thing on earth and in the sea has been controlled by man and is under his authority. But the tongue may not be controlled by man. It is an unresting evil. It is full of the poison of death. With it we give praise to our Lord and Father, and with it we put a curse on men who are made in God's image. Out of the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brothers, it is not right for these things to be so. Does the fountain send from the same outlet sweet and bitter water? Is a fig tree able to give us olives, my brothers, or do we get figs from a vine or sweet water from the salt sea? Who has wisdom and good sense among you? Let him make his works clear by a life of gentle wisdom. But if you have bitter envy in your heart and the desire to get the better of others, have no pride in this, talking falsely against what is true. This wisdom is not from heaven, but is of the earth and of the flesh and of the devil and of the evil one. For where envy is and the desire to get the better of others, there is no order but every sort of evil doing. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality and without hypocrisy. My brothers and sisters, some of us have been victims of this. We have said it and we have been victims also. Especially is the case among those who are the men of God. What we read here said that when we carry this matter of dissecting and criticizing the motives and works of Christ's servants, that that time should better be spent in prayer. That when we do this, we will spoil their influence so that we, they will not be able to speak the word of truth as they would have done. So what work are you doing? Are you on the Lord's side or are you on the side of the devil? That is the question we need to ask ourselves. Doeg was on the devil's side when he was spreading false information about God's servants, David, and also the priests. And he caused that those priests were killed. And the guilt will lie on those who use their tongue to spread false information about God's servants that makes it impossible for them to have influence over some other people or causes discord among brethren. It has its effect. Do not think it will have its effect. It will have its effect. But that will be laid to the charge of those who have done the evil work of spreading false information or misrepresenting the actions of God's servants and their motives too. The mainstream media and social media handles are used for evil purposes today. We hear a lot of false information. We should be careful how we use them and the information given there so that we do not escalate issues. Today, we hear of many false information coming from the news and so many people just credit and listen to everything they are told and believe that everything they are told is true whereas people's images are being painted wrongly and this causes evil to come to those whose image is painted wrongly and some of us have been guilty of it too spreading the same information be careful what information you are spreading because it may well be lies 
properly investigate. If you do not know something, then don't spread it. After Doeg had caused this evil, it was when David wrote this psalm. And this psalm certainly will apply to anyone who does the work of Doeg. But the Lord gives room for repentance. But if you don't repent, this psalm that David wrote about Doeg applies to you. Psalm 52, reading from verse 1, it says, To the chief musician Maschil, a psalm of David, when Doeg the Edomite came and told Saul and said unto him, David is come to the house of Ahimelech. And David wrote, Why boasted thou thyself in mischief, O mighty man? The goodness of God endureth continually. The tongue deviseth mischiefs like a sharp razor, walking deceitfully. Thou lovest evil more than good, and lying rather than to speak righteousness, Selah. Thou lovest all devouring words, O thou deceitful tongue. God shall likewise destroy thee forever. He shall take thee away and pluck thee out of thy dwelling place, and root thee out of the land of the living, Selah. The righteous also shall see and fear, and shall laugh at them. Lo, this is the man that made not God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches, and strengthened himself in his wickedness. But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. I will praise thee forever, because thou hast done it, and I will wait on thy name, for it is good before thy sins. That's the end of the psalm. But as it was for Doeg, so shall it be with those who out of envy and hatred goes about sowing discord among brethren. But if you are hearing this, do not harden your neck. Perhaps you have been the one who has been sowing discord among brethren. You have spread information from friend to friend that has made one friend to be offended with the other. Or you knew very well that people were not in good terms with each other and you went to give information that will escalate issues. You sinned against the Lord when you did that. And the Lord wants us to repent today, especially when we do this with envy in our hearts, jealousy. You don't give the full information. You misrepresent it to make the person look bad in the eyes of the other. This was what Doeg did. And we it's a common thing that's done amongst humans. The Lord help us and save us from this evil of our characters. Have you also been like King Saul, crediting information that was not true against your brother? listening to the words spoken by Doeg and then cherishing hatred in your heart and becoming cold towards your sister or your brother because of something that you heard. Now is the time for you to review all these things you have heard and ask yourself, was it really true what I heard? And even if it was true, is it not because of the way it was painted to me? Do I really do well in holding a grudge against my brother? Am I sure that I cannot be like King Saul in killing my sister or my brother just because of what I heard about them? We need to review these things and come to repentance. Today, the Lord is calling us. No more envy, no more jealousy and hatred. You see how many times we're talking about envy in the word of God. It's Doeg, Saul, it is Datan, Korah, Abiram. Who is it? Aaron, Miriam. We see envy all over. Cain, Satan. It's happening all over and over in the scriptures. And it is happening in our lives too. We should be careful not to be envious in our hearts and not to hate those who correct us and out of hatred choose to get revenge against them by saying things about them, whether true or not, but things to cast a blight on their image and to kill their influence. When you kill their influence, you have killed them and you are no different from Doeg and King Saul. But the Lord wants us to repent and I pray that we all would not justify ourselves 
be careful while you are hearing this not to justify yourself the devil wants to bring thoughts to your mind and say oh no but i did it because of that i did it because of this no don't do that just repent and move on don't excuse yourself and the lord will bless you let us pray our lord in heaven please give us the opportunity now we pray thank you lord for the opportunity now that you've given to us to repent and we pray lord that you shall grant to us repentance forgive us lord for spreading bad information about friends and causing discord forgive us lord for the envious feelings we have had forgive us lord for jealousy and suspicion and for sowing discord among brethren help us lord to see this sin in its true enormity and to repent of it forgive us lord for the vengeance we have chosen to show against people who have corrected us forgive us for these things lord and help us to have a clean and pure heart thank you for hearing our prayers and answering in jesus name i've prayed amen Thank you.